Welcome to Stories of COVID, the interview project that explores what it's like to experience a global pandemic. I never thought I would see this in my lifetime. It is scary and it is very real, but it's not hopeless. As I said, I changed three planes. None of them were wearing any gloves or masks. I've never seen so much support for freelancers or artists in the in the media um, as I have now. They both laid me off from just the advent of the, the outbreak. I'm anthropologist and author Veronica Kieran, and I am building an interview archive of stories and anecdotes that define this time in history to write a book preserving this experience for future generations. If you have an experience that you'd like to share, check out the show notes to sign up for an interview. Diane McNary lives in Slovakia as a missionary. She works there with the Roma people to support their community and other events. Of course, many of those things have been shut down since COVID-19, and so they have banded together in a different way which has changed some of the community dynamics for the better. Um, we, we first heard about it like on the, on the news. We watched the international news, um, you know, just to see what's going on. And so we were beginning to hear about it, that uh, there was this uh, virus that, was, that had started in China, you know, and they were shutting things down and that kind of thing. So that's when we were first hearing about it is watching the news, reading, um, reading news online. Yeah. I mean, at first it was just like, oh, that's something that somewhere else, you know, it, it might, you know, oh, you do need to be, we do need to be careful and pay attention, but it's, it's somewhere else, you know, maybe it won't come this, come this direction. And, uh, now it, you know, now it's everywhere. And, um, it, it seems like that's the only thing that we hear about, uh, you know, you turn on the, the TV and it doesn't matter if it's the international news or it's the local news or whatever, that's what they're talking about. Um, so, yeah, so it's, um, you know, now it's uh, keeping track of the numbers. For, uh, for my husband and I personally, we're, we're here. Um, we have been here for 15 and a half years. And um, so for us, it changes the way we work. We've always worked from home, which so that that's not changing. Uh, I'm still working from home, but um, our travel and our face-to-face -face interaction is um, almost non-existent. So, um, so that has been a big change for us. Um, our children and our extended family are all in the United States, so we're paying attention to that. Uh, we want to know what's going on. Um, our kids are still working. We have two kids. Our kids are both still working. They're in the United States in Arkansas. The country um, pretty quickly put restrictions in place. On March 13th, um, they closed the borders. Um, they And this followed, well, I'll back up a week. Um, the week before, so the first week in March, uh, when things were beginning to show up that there were uh, places in, in Europe that were having cases uh, and that this was not just a, a Chinese problem or an Asian, you know, a, uh, Asia, Central Asia problem. This was, you know, coming into our backyard. 
um, they quickly started making um, restricting things. It was a group internet that was coming internationally. So we had to start, we had to change things because they could not do the things that they were going to. And they actually showed up, they actually came, but they were only able to stay like two days. Many more restrictions came. You can't have more than 50 people meeting. Uh, they then asked the churches to stop having meetings. Um, and uh, I put out a, a, at first it was a request. You know, you should not have your worship services with large groups. So if you have small groups meeting, that's okay, but no large groups. Um, so the church, a lot, most of the churches agreed to do that. On the 10th, they came through and said, um, all community centers, libraries, civic groups, other kinds of things are now closed. You are not allowed to have groups coming in. By the 13th, they closed the borders. They shut down the airports. They stopped international bus and train service. And, um, we were all put on restriction. Only grocery stores, pharmacies, city offices, um, banks, those things were allowed to be open and it continues till today. This is Thursday. Tomorrow is, is beginning of week six. <laughs> oh, we knew it was very serious because on March 13th, they closed the bars. While those restrictions have been in place and have been, you know, they are kind of a pain to have to put up, up with sometimes. Um, we have had fewer cases and I've actually felt safer here than if I were um, in the States. My husband uh, fell earlier this year in January and broke his arm and had to have surgery, which is fine. Uh, we live just under the mountains. If you're going to have break something, this is the place to do it because they know, ortho they know orthopedics here. So, um, so he had surgery and they had some pins put in his arm that were gonna to have to be removed. Uh, he was supposed to have them removed on the 17th, but uh, he called the hospital because all of these restrictions were in place. And they have, you know, they've told you, do not go to the doctor, call your doctors. You know, if we want to see you, then we'll tell you to come in, but do not come, you know, come. So he called the hospital, he asked them if he could come because he had the, he was supposed to have an appointment. And they said, yes, when he got to the hospital, they wouldn't let him in um, to see his doctor about uh, his surge, about having his uh, pins removed from his arm. Uh, so he ended up finally getting in touch with his doctor the next week. And uh, they said, yeah, your pins have to come out. You can come. We'll, we'll, we'll make a, a write a thing so that you can come in. Uh, but it's very interesting the way the, the restrictions on, on the health care and things that are happening. Um, we feel comfortable. We feel like we'd be, we'll be taken care of if something were to happen. But it's just that, you know, uh, navigating the system is kind of interesting right now. Over the years, we have worked with a, a group in Bajet, Slovakia, V-A-Z-E-C. And um, we have worked with a group uh, of people. We started out working with the social workers and then through the years, um, actually for it's, this is year nine of us working with them. They have uh, formed a nonprofit in the community known uh, called Yek Drom and it's J-E-K-H. Second word is D-R-O-M, which means one way in Romanus, which is Roma language. Uh, because our um, assignment coming to uh, Slovakia is to work among the Roma people. Um, 
and in whatever way we can. So we joined up with this group in Vajets and uh, have been working. And through the years, we have brought multiple uh, churches, um, youth groups, adult groups, whatever, mission group teams who have come to work in the area. And a number of times we've had, uh, we've had the request that the, the ladies in Vajets want to learn to sew. Um, but, um, how they can do some things. So we've had a number of uh, American women come uh, to teach um, how to do these things. And through the years, we have uh, purchased sewing machines and um, all the uh, pieces to go along, all the, the needed um, scissors and needles and everything else, um, and irons and ironing boards, all these things that you might need as you're doing this. So they were there in the community already. So when the, the government started to um, set down the restrictions of what things were going to happen, very quickly it was, you're going to need to have a mask uh, to go into places. Uh, it wasn't that you had to wear it all the time to begin with, that you had to have them to go to the grocery store, to go to the post office, whatever. So um, the Part of some of the people from the nonprofit began to make masks uh, that they could be able to use. And all those things were in place, prepared and ready to be able to meet this need that came up during a crisis. Uh, and it was one of those things that, you know, you don't, I saw it and other people saw it as, oh, this is some way that they can learn to do some things. They can, uh, you know, make things for their house or they can fix their kids' clothes or maybe they can learn to do something and they can earn a little money. Uh, but here it is in place now to be able to meet that need. And so um, I found that very humbling sort of, I guess. I don't know to that, you know, all these things that I thought were going to be used for, but no, it was there for another reason. Uh, they've passed out probably close to 700 masks already now. Uh, in the community for whoever needs them, whether it's the Roma who um, we're predominantly working with, or it's whoever needs it. It doesn't matter who you are. If you need one and you come, they're going to give you one. And so they started to run out of fabric. And then what was fascinating is to see the community then come together because they saw this group who actually had been very persecuted previously. Uh, and they didn't like them because the Slovaks, the whites in town, didn't like it because the others were helping Roma. And to see these ladies who were against this group dig around in their closets and in their attics and pull out old fabric that they had and bring it to them and say, here it is for you. Now you can, uh, we want to give this to you so that you can use it for what you're doing. Kind of cool to see the community come together. The people at the community center where Diane works are still making masks. If you're interested in supporting their mask-making efforts, you can check out the show notes where I've included the link to the project. Episodes are being released as soon as I get the interviews. So subscribe so that you don't miss a thing and share if this meant something to you and if you think others might benefit. Every time you share the project, it helps the project grow. So thank you. Stay safe. Stay well.